0: It's the OG, alongside Joe. No, not alongside Joe Gillio. See, yeah, you know, I'm. So, it's so Pavlovian. I just say it. Gillio's mm-hmm. not here today. Gillio's got the sniffles. Dennis Cox is the, is producing today. Uh, Gillio's uh, doing everybody a service by staying home uh, with a cold rather than trying to power through it. Uh, so I appreciate that from him because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go to my brother's wedding. So yeah. the last thing I need is to be is to be sick. We have a bunch of stuff to get to today. Kelly Gramlich. From the ACC network, will drop on by in about 15 minutes as we get ready for another college football playoff rankings reveal tonight. Where the hell is Clemson going to be? What that what what's what's going to happen with Alabama with two losses? We'll talk to her about that in about 15 minutes. In 45 minutes, Vash hurt. Carolina Blitz will drop on by. At least the Panthers on Thursday night will look good, even if they not even if they might not play good. They unveiled their. We knew that they had black helmets that they were going to wear at some point this season. Yeah. Now they're going to pair it with a black uniform. It looks good, man. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. That lo- That is a good-looking uniform combination for Thursday night's game against the Falcons. Now, w- will they win in them? Eh, that's another question altogether. We'll talk to Vashti. I heard about that in about 45 minutes. Speaking of the NFL, Jeff Saturday was introduced as the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I'm still trying to process how this all kind of came about. Where Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, you know, what what is the ultimate plan here? Is it really about tanking? Okay, I guess this is a new inventive way to tank, but at what cost? Because the perception of Jeff Saturday getting this job with no NFL coaching experience—last time a coach, and last time there was a head coach hired with zero head coaching experience or NFL experience—period was sixty-one years ago. I think we all recognize that the NFL these days is a little bit different than where it was 61 years ago. But here's Jeff Saturday, who was with ESPN over the weekend, who's been doing stuff with Carolina on the radio uh, for Tar Heel football radio analyst work. Here's Jeff Saturday as the new interim coach of the Colts yesterday. Shocked would be an understatement, right? Shock would be an understatement. So, uh... Yeah, we, we had the conversation and it, it escalated quickly. I feel fully capable, excited about the opportunity. I mean, eight games to, you know, listen. Here's a great part about my career. I came in, nobody expected anything. I'm here, nobody expects anything. If it goes well, hopefully it'll go extremely well. But I have no uh, preconceived notion that I'm going to be some spectacular anything. I know I got to work hard, and uh, I'm you know I'm auditioning not only for this one but for for 31 others just like everybody else in this game. So that's Jeff Saturday, who's still processing the fact that he is now the interim head coach of the Indianapolis Colts with zero coaching experience. All right, so what's the thought process behind this? Here's Ursay, the owner of the Colts, explaining why he decided to hire Jeff Saturday. He has tons of experience. He knows this game inside and out um, with relationships with coaches and players, and um, uh and, and it's been a consultant for us for several years a paid consultant um you know uh informing chris and i and other people in the organization you know his opinions uh so to me um uh you know i, I know people can you know look out and 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 see it uh and, and ask that question but um you know th- you know that that doesn't surprise me i understand look at I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. <laughs> but I do know how to build a football team because I've been around for 52 years. That's Jim Ursai, who doesn't know how sausage is made. Come on, man. It's the oldest cliche in the book. We all know how sausage is made. Yeah. It's bits and pieces. It's cased. That's where we know what the deal is, all right? Come on now. What kind of sausage, though? Uh, I mean, I could tell you how the radio sausage is made. That's fair. We can all tell you how your business sausage is made, okay? And Jim Irsay should understand how the NFL sausage is made with who gets these jobs. So that's why, you know, I understand the questions. I understand the perception. Well, yeah, man, perception is reality when it comes to these things. I get the argument that some have made, and Julio made this argument yesterday, and I see where he's coming from on this, that you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, with how you go about the interim position. Look at the Carolina Panthers, right? We all recognize that Steve Wilkes was in a no-win situation. Steve Wilkes, if you want to go super nerd on it, was in the Kobayashi Maru situation. All you Star Trek nerds will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's an unwinnable scenario. The team already has made decisions to move on from key players, including Christian McCaffrey. It's uh, amazing that they didn't even move on from Brian Burns, considering some of the deals that were out there. But they're not in a position to win. So you're going to be judged on the fact, though, that you didn't win for a team that was not built to win after you've made some moves and you've punted on the year because you fired your head coach. But you still would like the opportunity to be a head coach because you, don't, you understand that there's not many of them. There's only 32 of these jobs, number one. Number two, if you have this as a goal, you're going to take this opportunity to at least get the reps. And then maybe that opens the door for your next job, whether it be a head coaching job or it's another coordinator position that can put you in line for another job. And that's, I think the part that has to be focused on. Yes. Steve Wilkes is in a no win situation, much like what happened with the Houston Texans last year was a no win situation. However, It could open up doors for you. It could be an opportunity for something else. What makes the Jeff Saturday hire as an interim coach, we kind of understand that Jeff Saturday is not going to be the head coach, but it it does show you that owners can talk the good talk, but ultimately are going to do what they feel like doing, which gets to the largest point here. And I hope this is kind of like the light bulb going on for some fans, that not every owner is serious about winning. Not every owner is truly committed to winning a Super Bowl or winning a title in their respective sport, okay? Some owners are very unserious about these things. And Jim Ursay showed you last night that he is ultimately unserious when it comes to winning with a franchise that it has a winning culture in the past, right? He's very unserious about what the good of the football franchise should be and what the fans should expect by hiring Jeff Saturday... To be the interim head coach and not have any idea of who the play caller is going to be because you fired all the play callers. All right, Jeff Sat- is Jeff Saturday going to call the plays. Now, if this was about tanking, because that gets to the argument about well, you know, it's about tanking, and by putting Jeff Saturday in there, it's a no harm, no foul. He's not going to get the job, and you're not going to have a Steve Wilkes situation. Okay. If you didn't want to win, if you wanted to run your offense into the ground, there is somebody on the Colts staff that you could have elevated into the interim position. That would have made a lot more sense. That person is John Fox. Yeah. You, you, want, to, you want to lose games 9-6? You want to lose games 12-3? John Fox is your guy. Hey, punting's a great play. He loves to punt. He would absolutely try to win a game without throwing a ball. He's done it before. So that, to me, you want to sign a tanking. Well, man, Fox is right there for you. Instead, you went and you jumped several steps ahead with Jeff Saturday. And this has nothing to do with Jeff Saturday as a person. I mean, Jeff Saturday is a good dude by all accounts. He's well-respected in the media business. People at ESPN love him. That, that has nothing to do with Jeff Saturday the person. It's the fact that his last head coaching experience was in high school. Come on now. That is Jim Mercer being unserious as a franchise owner. You can also check us out on YouTube. Just look up the 99.9 The Fan YouTube channel. Smash the subscribe button. You you can find her on YouTube along with Eric McClain, the Mac, the Gramlich and McLean podcast. ACC Network, Kelly Gramlich, joining us now on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Kelly, how are you?
1: Hello, Joe. I am doing great. I'm sorry to hear about Jillio. It seems that something's going around. I don't know. Flu. I hope he doesn't have that, but... I hope he's feeling better I think at
0: this point we just spin a wheel and hope it's not COVID. And then, oh, it's just a cold? We forgot about those.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We forgot about
0: garden variety colds. You (laughs) seem to be in a good mood. I know you were busy yesterday with the start of the college basketball season. I get the sense, though, down in South Carolina that Dabo's not in a good mood uh, (laughs) after they got it handed to them by Notre Dame, and now – distracting from the poor defensive performance is what the heck are they going to do at quarterback now? This went from we're all in with DJ, DJ Uyungle, k club He came in, he did what he needed to do now to well about that. So where, where are things right now with the Tigers?
1: Well, I think it's the, the old saying that we love when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Mm-hmm. And that that's the issue right now down at Clemson. And we talked about this before the NC state game. And we had you guys, both you guys on our podcast as well. Yeah, DJ was, was completely different in September and October. That was good DJ. That was a different DJ than we saw last year. He was playing really well. At one point, I think he had 17 touchdowns, three picks. Like mm-hmm. That's going to get it done. And yeah. he was getting it done. Beating a good NC State team, beating a good Florida State team, beating a good Wake Forest team. We saw what DJ could do. Something has happened in the last couple weeks. And I think the Syracuse game really shook him mentally. That has to be the only logical explanation here. And then because that, it seems the playbook and the confidence in him has also been shaken, Mm -hmm. I think for the staff, because that's the only way you can kind of explain that game plan at Notre Dame, which was so incredibly vanilla. It just felt like they, it was back to them not trusting him again. Which is what we saw last year. Yeah. So where are we with the quarterback position? I think DJ still starts against Louisville, but I think the leash and that term Mac and I are talking about how that term is weird. We don't love the term leash. Yeah. But
0: yeah. Some, some we things think, we got to get out of the vocabulary. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But we think uh, the the tolerance, if you will, is going to be lower. Mm. I, I think if he struggles on two drives right off the bat, they'll go to Kate and, and we haven't seen that yet. So Kelly. I think that's what we'll
0: Kelly Gramlich joining us here on the OG. Uh, K- Gramlich and McLean is the podcast, ACC Network. Um, it's funny, talking about Club Nick, this isn't, this isn't the Kelly Bryant-Trevor Lawrence situation. I think some people tried to make it that in the summertime, like, well, they just got the next guy coming through. We see this at State sometimes, where, uh, you know, if this guy doesn't have it, well, we're QBU. There's another guy that's going to come through. We could be seeing that a little bit with MJ Morris going forward. So, who is Cade Klubnick? What, what were the expectations, the true expectations for him going into the year?
1: You know, I'm not sure that there is an equivalent here during the Dabo Sweeney era of who is Cade Klubnick. I think he is a unique situation. Now, he is a five-star. By some services, he was the number one quarterback in his class. So he's obviously extremely talented. But he he doesn't have that ability as a freshman, as a true freshman, that Trevor Lawrence obviously had going on with the national championship, Mm -hmm. and that Deshaun Watson had before he got hurt. And even after he got hurt when he beat South Carolina playing on a torn ACL. So I think the expectation was Trevor or Deshaun, and it's like Clemson fans don't really have much else because it is rare that a true freshman plays or starts for Dabo Sweeney at quarterback. And when he has, it has literally been Deshaun or Trevor Lawrence. Mm. So to hold him to that standard, is very difficult. Now I do think he's been put in some very tough situations this year. We saw him look good in garbage time against Georgia Tech, but beyond that, he gets thrown in the Syracuse game. And basically they're saying we have three turnovers. Don't you dare turn it over, try to help us win this game, but you're really going to hand the ball off to Shipley. And he made a few good decisions with his arm, but it really was Shipley against Notre Dame. They said, all right, we're down 14, nothing. We'll put you in on your own four yard line. Mm -hmm. Best of luck. I mean, What true freshman, I'm not even sure Trevor Lawrence gets a first down there. Like that—that that is a brutal situation, especially with how these wide receivers are playing. So I don't think we've really seen him put in the best situations. And that's why I'm intrigued to see what they do against Louisville. Because if they actually put him in, in a first half, where the pressure's lower, where things haven't gone completely terribly yet, then you can see him perhaps settle into a game and see what he can do. But I think it's obvious, at least right now, He's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not Deshaun Watson, but who is?
0: Yeah, the, the standard is funny. It's like Carolina basketball, too. They just expect the next point guard right. to come through to be yet another NBA-caliber point guard who's going to help them win a national championship. Now, that might be the case again for the Tar Heels in basketball this year, but things just started. We'll see how that goes. Kelly Gramlich, ACC Network, Gramlich, and McLean is the podcast. Uh, speaking of the Tar Heels, but football-wise, you know, look... A couple weeks ago, we are starting to get the idea that, all right, Clemson's opponent is going to be the Tar Heels. Based on what we've seen out of the Tar Heels and who they've played and the defense, eh, it's going to be a Clemson championship. However, the confidence has been shaken with Clemson, and Drake May seems to just kind of have it. You know, sometimes teams are blessed in these close situations. You You think Carolina could do it? You think Carolina could beat Clemson in Charlotte? I
1: think it'll be a game, at least from what we know right now, because Drake May does have it. Mm -hmm. Drake May is him, as the kids (laughs) say. And I think he is the ACC player of the year right now. And barring Jordan Travis just continuing to do what he does and and doing it at an extremely high level at FSU winning out or whatever, I think Drake May is the ACC player of the year. And this UNC team also has a very interesting quality to it. Besides another name game, of course, where they just find a way yeah. and they have that belief. I mean, if you're asking, you know, which team is more confident right now, I'm not in the Clemson locker room. I'm sure that Dabo Sweeney's, you know, coaching them up as much as he can and trying to get that confidence back. But I think UNC's feeling pretty good about themselves. My main question with a Clemson North Carolina ACC title game is who's the quarterback for Clemson and what does this offense look like? Can this offense score 30? Yeah, because it feels like for to to beat North Carolina. You've got to at least score in the high twenties, low thirties. I mean, this this team's going to score, especially because Clemson's defense has not lived up to the preseason hype. Mm-hmm. So, I think we'll learn a lot in these next three weeks. We'll also learn about UNC. Can they go beat Wake? Can they beat NC State? These are the questions. But right now, it's really tough to answer. You know, who wins because we don't know what's going on with Clemson's offense. But I, I'll tell you, over the last couple of weeks, I definitely think it's much more a game, much more of a game than I thought it was going
0: to be. I'm with you on that. The question is, you know, Carolina's defense. Carolina's right. defense continues to be an issue. Like, it, they're a get-right game for whoever has been struggling. Look at what Vernon <laughs> Armstrong was able to do against them this past week. Are you telling me that Clemson's run game can't get going against that defense? It might not just be about who the quarterback is. They can just run it at him the same way that Notre Dame was able to do that against the Tar Heels just a few weeks ago. But I'm with you. I went from, yeah, Clemson, you know, are they going to be good enough or beat teams enough to get in the college football playoff conversation? Mm-hmm. We know that that's probably sailed now because of the loss to Notre Dame. And it's, all, it's shifted to, hmm, just how much of the game is it going to be. But we got a few weeks to see where things are confidence-wise. Kelly Gramlich, check her out. Gramlich and McClain is the podcast ACC Network. Good to talk to you. We'll talk to you later.
1: All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it.
0: Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice